Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dive into the thriving local arts, entertainment, and food scene with coasting editor Jerry Boggs and his guests. Let us be your guide to the creative South Coast. Welcome back to another Coastin podcast. Uh, we have another special guest in our tiny podcast studio. We have Rihanna Grace from the Community Foundation of Southeastern Massachusetts. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, it's, to, it's very good to have you. I've been uh, wanted to talk to you ever since uh, the uh, Creative Commonwealth grants were first announced. Yeah. Uh, when, when was that? That seems like it so, seems like yesterday, but it's yeah, been a while. Yeah, I mean, I came on board about seven months ago. Um, almost eight months now so I started in early April and the creative commonwealth itself was announced I believe maybe like that January and if we have listeners who I, I I'm sure everyone knows what it is but if they don't explain a little bit what the creative commonwealth uh, grants are yeah so the creative commonwealth is a two-year pilot program that was developed in conjunction with the bar foundation in boston and so generally the bar foundation has granted to arts and creativity programs that are in the boston proper area um and so this is a pilot program where they're testing out how they can reach other areas in the state throughout the commonwealth of massachusetts and so they're testing this idea if it's best to go through community foundations um, rather than them taking applications from different small nonprofits from throughout the state and them not knowing the background or the landscape of the community by going through the community foundations that have a better grasp on what's going on in their regions, would this be a better way to get the money out? Um, so money and programs out. So they're working with us um, and along with four other community foundations throughout the state um, in Berkshire Taconic, Essex County, Greater Worcester, Western Mass, and Us Makes Five. So this is a two-year pilot program, and each of the community foundations has kind of taken it in a different way. Um, But the way that we've chose to um, go over it is kind of in three major pools where we're doing granting, um, which is exciting, a capacity-building program that I think we'll talk a little bit more in depth later, and just overall kind of this overarching idea of networking and how... um, important it can be for organizations for leaders to network with funders to network with each other Um, because what we found even with our community conversations that took place last year before I came on board um, a lot of organizations and leaders just like to get together to talk about things and we see especially New Bedford how the landscape has changed and how organizations are a lot more open and collaborative and looking forward to working with each other and um, my boss John Um, says pretty frequently that the rising tide floats all boats. It seems like especially New Bedford organizations have kind of gotten that. And so our project is specifically working in New Bedford and Fall River, um, two more city urban areas, um, and focusing on arts and culture surrounding um, youth engagement, culturally diverse populations, and immigrants. So highlighting voices that often aren't brought to the table, um, engaging populations that maybe haven't been able to come forward either with conceived or physical barriers and really just making things more equitable and open for the city. So we started off with um, 
a round of granting because we know that that gets people really excited and we really wanted to kind of make a big splash with coming out with this creative commonwealth and so we were able to award grants at the end of september we ended up giving out nine grants in both new bedford and fall river um, and we had some really awesome projects it was a very very competitive pool for our first round we had dozens of applications um i definitely don't um <laughs> i definitely don't um have any like I, I I do not envy the committee that had to go over those applications <laughs> let's put it that way because there are so many great ideas um and just a lot of great programs and and projects and so um not only were we able to use some of the money from the creative commonwealth for that granting but we were also able to leverage philanthropy locally which is another one of our goals um is really to get other philanthropists excited um and see what's going on out there and hope that they'll contribute to um, the Creative Commonwealth as well. So, I think that was a detail that kind of, uh, I don't want to say s- skipped through the mm-hmm. cracks, uh, but maybe it was overshadowed mm-hmm. by the description yeah. of the projects because that was very fun. You know, the creative courts that mm-hmm. the uh, art museum is doing where they're kind of redesigning and painting these yeah. basketball courts and getting the local kids involved. Right. Or the symphony orchestra going out in the communities and playing, mm-hmm. you know, classical music. Mm-hmm in a community that might not normally go see the symphony play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kind of those things kind of stole the headlines a little mm-hmm. bit. But it was really cool at the fact that when the community foundation started kind of waving the flag and saying, hey, look at these projects, mm-hmm. you all were getting people who wanted to like put money into it and right. say, hey, this is awesome. Can we, uh, can we help somehow? Right, yeah, exactly. We raised, we had 150 to give initially and we ended up giving out almost $200,000 because we leverage philanthropy from different foundations, different um, individual donors, different funds, and people really came forward and said that this is something that I want to invest in. And so that was something that we shared with everyone who applied, um, even if they maybe didn't get past um, to the full round this this time around. Um, We shared with them that just showing that there's this big interest, that there's dozens of applications coming in for this pilot program, this first time thing, showing that there was such excitement and interest in it really helps us to make our point that this is what is needed. We need funding for this. We need support behind arts and culture because it's something that really drives our city, um, cities, New Bedford and Fall River. So even though we had a relatively, well, we had a good amount, but a, um, a restricted amount to give, mm-hmm. um, we really think that that excitement and that interest is what will help us be able to give more in the future. And I think it's nice because it also, uh, the, the projects you all got, um, seem to so perfectly fit the bill of what the bar foundation and what the community foundation was saying from the start of we're looking for projects that maybe are not you know the the fifth annual x festival or the 17th annual whatever you want something new something kind of that breaks outside the box mm-hmm. of what maybe uh yeah. a lot of the arts community is is comfortable with and familiar with right we were really looking for um not just artistic excellence but innovation bold creative ideas that again yeah it's not which again things are important general operating is really important and we understand that but especially with this first round being public art specific um we really wanted things that are accessible that are exciting that are new fresh um and just yeah just really exciting innovative projects and um, I think that we had a great pool to choose from, and 
both in New Bedford and Fall River, we're just so excited, especially a lot of the projects will be picking up pace over the next coming months, and most of them will be kind of launching in summer or fall. And we are so excited to see what comes forward because they, they are some really exciting projects. And now going along with that, with the um, grantees, again, we kind of have that feeling of networking. So um, it's not just going to be I send them the check and <laughs> check in, <laughs> give us your grant report at the end. We really want this to be a two-way relationship between mostly me as the project manager, but working with these grantees and creating opportunities for networking, creating opportunities for shared learning and sharing of ideas and just coming together to update each other. Um, and so we'll really, especially starting in January, we'll really be um, connecting with each other more and more um, to create that that network amongst the grantees themselves as well. And the other thing about the projects that jumped off the 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 the, uh, the list to me is that it's not um, events, not uh, performances that you buy a ticket for or pick up a ticket for or opt into. It's things that are brought to you. Right. You're delivering them to your doorstep. Yeah. You're getting some arts in your life. Yeah. And then you do with it what you want, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that affects you going forward. Right. And that's, you know, that's a, uh, I think that's an innovative way to look at it, and that's kind of a, a way of acknowledging that there are people who aren't going to consume it um, if we just say, okay, this is available, come get it. Right. No, exactly. And that's something that we really put a lot of thought into in terms of public art. What does public art mean? Um, going beyond just being accessible for me personally and for um the majority of the people that we've been working with we see public art as even a form of social justice where things are accessible and things are open to people that maybe weren't open to it before so again like you said um with the symphony the music in the city for example and they're even planning to go beyond just classical music and they want to play a range of varieties and genres and they're going to be like you said basically at people's doorsteps in neighborhoods um not just on stage at the z which they put on a great show but they're going to be in these neighborhoods um with the creative courts they'll be working with the children to get the input with super flat they'll be doing murals that are throughout the city and not just focused on downtown uh, yeah, when uh, when you announced the grants, I thought it was funny when uh, your boss John Vasconcelos was uh, bringing up pictures, and he had when he announced the Symphony Orchestra one, it was a picture of them playing in front of the Whaling Museum because that was a picture you had, and right. he really made a point of stressing they're not going to be downtown. Right. This is not going right. to be, you know, the an aha performance. Right. This right. is going to be going out into a community, and maybe some kid sees that and says, holy smokes, I didn't even know that that right. was something that, that people got paid to do, that people right. Right. did for a profession, you know? People right. go to school for music and things like that. Exactly, yeah. So that's, those, those moments can be powerful. Yeah, We're, yeah, and, it, and that, it, it, that's such a great point because we realize that art goes beyond so many constricted ideas that we have of it and we want to show children that um there can be economic stability when you go into the arts we want to show people that it can be integrated into our infrastructure our streetscapes our literature our education like it's it goes beyond just something that's an add-on to your life it shouldn't just be a privilege or something that once you've paid your bills now you can go do art because you like it, it should be something that's integrated into every step and that's something that we are really trying to pull forward and get that idea into more people's minds how do people conceptualize art and what makes people people are um participating in arts and they don't even realize it i think yeah. that's something that um we're talking about and we went to a great presentation where people were talking about um just different surveys and they'll ask people do you participate in arts and culture and people are saying no but they're like 
I don't participate in arts and culture, but I sing in my church choir. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to this festival at a block party down the street, you know? So it's kind of like, what is arts and culture? Because people are yeah. participating in, every, in it every day, but if they think of it as being um, only a professional, only something that's been planned and dictated in a certain way, then maybe they're doing it and don't even realize it. So that's something else that we really, that along this journey, <laughs> that's something that we want to put forward. It really is about breaking down barriers, breaking yeah. down, you know, and I know that's the super flat uh, yeah. uh, kind of model yeah. is making, flattening the landscape yeah. so you don't have to go through a hurdle to, yeah. uh, to enjoy the arts. And I think that is a good message. Like, hey, there's not... The arch doesn't mean the ballet or an, an abstract painting hanging on a wall. It, right. It's a lot more than that. Right. And even with um, in Fall River where they're going to be doing um, an Azorian arts festival and they're hoping to bring more contemporary artists as well because we do see a lot of traditional Azorian art, which is beautiful and important. Um, but I think that putting a contemporary spin and showing the modern art and what's going on now in, in the Azores will be really exciting and will give people a different perspective, again, of what they usually think of as Portuguese art. Here's like a whole new world. So we're really excited for that project too. And so you, you've kind of, that, so that was that was kind of phase one of the yep. Creative Commonwealth. And now you're uh, moving on, or I maybe in the midst of, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I suppose you've been a little bit busy with it. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the deadline's coming up for the capacity building. Explain what capacity building means. Uh, right. Yeah, so capacity building really is equipping organizations with the tools that they need to effectively and efficiently live out their mission. So... What we're looking at, and that's why we've even started calling it, the program itself is called Building Blocks for Nonprofits, because we understand that even when you hear capacity building, I'm sure most of the audience is like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and so we're thinking by calling it Building Blocks, that gives you the visualization that you're getting what you need to build your organization. We're helping you lay that foundation that you can build your nonprofit house upon. <laughs> um, and what kind of building blocks is it? Is it you know fundraising is it looking for donors is it uh yeah. how you structure your board how, what, what kind of things yeah so we had done a brief survey to see what people um are looking for um and once we get forward moving forward with the program the consultant that we choose will probably do another pre-survey just to make sure that we're still all on the same page but the examples that we were looking for number one was fundraising and that's through earned revenue streams and through um like fundraising, grant writing, things like that. Um, marketing is something that came up a lot. Marketing and branding, um, program development, um, board governance, um, HR and compliance. And something that came up that it wasn't one of the um, it wasn't one of the main things, but it came up out of the survey was that a lot of organizations don't really have um, a formal way of program evaluation or of measuring their outcomes. And so it's really interesting because when you look at capacity building, you kind of see how everything is all integrated. So maybe an organization will say, we have we don't need help with program development. We have great programs. We just need help with fundraising. But then if they look at the program development and you haven't measured your outcomes, so you don't know what audience were you aiming for. Well, we do want more young people. So maybe you need to alter your program development. And if it was more fit to that audience, you would raise more money because more people would be attending it. Yeah. And, or if you help with your marketing, then people will know about the programs that they're good that reach out to what marketing yeah. reaches out to this age group that can help you get the funds needed to hit your budget. So there's just so many different pieces and how they really are all intertwined, um, which is interesting. But, um, 
to no surprise, fundraising really was what came up the most. Um, and so, of course, that is something that we'll be focusing on. Um, and But throughout all of them, we definitely will be looking at as well, like measuring outcomes. And also with a focus on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, we think that that's something that's really important for organizations to recognize how to make their practices more equitable. We've been looking at it as from a funder perspective, how to make our funding more equitable. Um, so these are all things that we think are really important. Um, and again, the organizations that are selected to take part in the cohort will probably be um, surveyed again through the consultant that we go with. Um, so we've decided to work with a consultant um, to carry out the program. So rather than having me organize it, and especially with this being a pilot, we'll be using a, a consultant that has top-notch expertise that will be able to carry out the programs, which is really exciting as well, that we'll have this opportunity to have some really stellar presenters um, doing the workshops with the cohort. It's nice because I'm sure that these groups couldn't go out and hire these consultants to do it. Right. You know, they just don't have that kind of... Because you, your, your aim is for... I think I think there's a limited budget um, mm-hmm. to qualify for the for this program. Is that right? Yeah, we were looking. Group. Yeah, smaller nonprofits. Um, so originally we had said under a quarter million, and we realized that some that are a little bit closer to that, but might be a little over, still are needing that help. So we've allowed people to self-identify as smaller, mm-hmm. but definitely, yeah. And there's some. I mean, some that we're working with are at like ten thousand. So it really is. And so they're not going to hire a consultant and say, hey, hell, uh, right. <laughs> tell us what Let's we need to do spend thousands of dollars yeah. on a consultant. Exactly. So that's something where, again, working through us with this initiative, we're able to bring in resources that maybe wouldn't have been previously or most likely wouldn't have been previously available. And again, with this being a cohort style, it's not a one session and done um, because we have had some things like that and some grant writing workshops. And those are all great and very, really helpful. But we're... Um, our plan is that by having this a cohort style, have it be over the course of six months, have them be in a group that they're learning with together. Again, that goes back to the networking idea. Um, but also just having those people together for that shared learning really creates a different experience rather than something that's one and done. And that's another thing with capacity building is that it is a long-term thing. It's not something that happens overnight and we get that. Um, it's really something that is a lot of time and effort, but at the end of the day, it helps you to create a better foundation for your not, um, for your nonprofit. So we will be offering um, a small grant at the end for those who complete it um, of up to $2,000, but really that pales in comparison to what the resources are and the key strategies that you'll be learning to help your organization because when you get that grant writing strategy, you can apply for <laughs> grants that are tens of thousands. So um, it's really giving people the tools um, to help build for their future and really be able to fulfill their mission. Yeah, uh, John Vasconcellos came in when the uh, the Bart Klarman grants were were announced for the uh, uh, Zatirian yeah. the Art Museum and the uh, Symphony Orchestra. They came in and, and, and talked to us about those, and uh, you know, I made the give a man a fish. You 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 gave yeah. fishes in the first yeah. uh, first round, and now you're really teaching people to fish. Right. So if somebody didn't get selected for the first round of grants. Maybe they can go find another grantor and say, you know, take the same project even, take the same right. application and say, hey, we still think this has value. We still think somebody should fund this. How about you? Right, exactly. And that's something that we um, really encouraged anyone who applied to us for grant um, through the LOI process. We encouraged them that this opportunity would be coming down and to stay in touch. And they, everyone is on my listserv, and I'm sure that they've been getting emails about it. But, yeah, this is just such a great opportunity where, like you said, um, 
even if you maybe didn't get your fish last time, <laughs> here's the pole, here's the bait, yeah. here's your net, um, and let's go catch some fish. Because at the end of the day, that's really, we want to help nonprofits. And that's part of our mission as the community foundation is matching philanthropy with organizations. And so we want organizations to be able to present themselves, get their message, get their elevator pitch um, in the best way possible to present to these funders that go beyond our region um, and be able to secure funds, secure board members, um, secure staff, and really make them um, stand out. And this is so kind of the behind the scenes, you know, you go see a play, you go see a concert, you have no idea what, right. you know, the, the if there's a board, what if there's no staff, if everybody volunteers, if yeah you know, they have sponsors if they have grants like, you know, right and you don't really care right. for the most part right you just want to see a good show right and so it's really you know i think uh you know for the people involved for the nonprofits, they understand how how yeah. invaluable this truly is for the greater community just consuming the arts they're like oh, i don't know what that means right so, yeah but, no it's true and it's 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 so phenomenal what organizations have been able to do with all volunteer <laughs> committees, one part-time staff person putting on amazing productions and programming year after year. They've been some that have been around for decades and are doing well. Um, and that's the thing that, about New, New Bedford. You look at what's been created here really kind of by the bootstraps. Yeah. And now you look at kind of these outside uh, investors, so to speak, um, getting involved. And you're like, okay, this could be, this is a really exciting time for, right. for what's possible. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, so you're going through the process right now of taking applications yes. for nonprofits who want to be part of that first class, that first cohort. Yep. Yeah. So it's arts and culture nonprofits that are specifically in New Bedford or Fall River um, and that are smaller, but are specifically arts and culture nonprofits. So our applications are due Friday, November 16th by 5 p.m. Um, the application can be found on our website, which is cfsema.org. Because I'm tight. Community Foundation, Southeastern Massachusetts. C- say it again. CFSEMA.org. Right. Um, if you go to our website, go to the About page, Creative Commonwealth, and you'll find the application there under the building box for nonprofits. It's a pretty brief application. It's all electronic. Um, once you submit it, we got it. And we'll be going over our applications and letting people know by early December so that they can prepare for um, January. And so the program will run from January to June 2019. Do you know how many uh, spots are available or does it depend on other factors or? Yeah. So we're looking at probably about 15-ish. Oh, that's a good number. That's, yeah. yeah. And then, so in January it starts, is it a series of? Yep. So it'll be a series of six. Um, And so it'll start in January and it'll meet once a month through June. It'll start with a liftoff where we'll all get together. Um, the different cohort organizations will be able to meet each other. Um, again, they'll meet once monthly, and then at the end, we'll have a graduation and be able to give a little bit of some um, mini grants and celebrate what the organization have done. We are, our um, plan is that throughout each month, they'll have um, a project or a program idea in mind, and so then the money that they get at the end can be used towards that project or program. Um, so is it work kind of workshop style? When, or I don't think it's a class necessarily. Yeah, so. so it'll be workshop style with the consultant and also those who participate will get some one-on-one time with the consultant as well. So it'll be all of the sessions will be held um, at the community foundation. 
That's excellent. That's, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's, have you, have you started looking at the, I suppose you haven't looked at the, the applications until, until after the, the deadline, correct? Yeah, no, I haven't really looked them over too thoroughly just to check yeah. if people have asked if we've received them, but we've received a decent number so far and we're also um, going to be um, solidifying our consultant within the next few days as well. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's really exciting. And again, we sent it to really well-known, um, consultants in the, um, greater Massachusetts area and some in Rhode Island. So it'll be really exciting because again, this will be like top notch. And that's why I can't stress enough the value of not only just getting, you know, getting the, getting in the program and and the grant at the end of it, but the value of having free consulting from a, you know, high caliber, high priced, I'm sure consulting firm is, uh, it's just a, uh, you know, kind of a golden ticket a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And we're really, yeah. And that, that's really what we're trying to get across to people as well. Like we really want people to take advantage of this opportunity. And again, this is a pilot. This is our first time doing this as well. Um, but we're really excited and we're, we're putting a lot of thought and effort into the planning and we, um, we know that it'll have some great benefits for those who, who take advantage of it. So we're excited. That's excellent. And will that kind of wrap up year one of the, um, of the well, we will be doing program? another round of granting. Oh, yeah, we'll do another round of granting in the winter. We haven't solidified the dates yet, um, but winter 2019, yeah. we'll be doing another round of granting that um, won't necessarily be for public art, but we'll again have our focus of engaging youth, um, culturally diverse populations and immigrant populations um, with youth engagement, pilot programs, things like that. So we'll be doing another round and we'll have more information about that coming out soon, but um, and also we're looking in, in terms of the youth engagement, we're looking at kind of um, a youth communication strategy that will help us with getting more youth engaged in programs that are offered. So that's um, still being worked out, but that's another um, phase of what we're working on. So it's a busy two years. <laughs> and in the meantime, Community Foundation being the Community Foundation, you're beating the bushes for philanthropists who want to support this kind oh of yeah thing. yeah our we, um as my boss john says we're all fundraisers <laughs> <laughs> so we of course have a great development director but we we all um put some effort into getting people on board with this and uh, um the community foundation has a lot to offer just in terms of our funds scholarship se- season is coming up soon oh, as yeah. well so yeah there's just, never a dull moment <laughs> and I, I have to think that when these public art you know and i think it's kind of savvy to do the public art first because i think when you start seeing these things it's going to create some exci- excitement right and you know these are these are easy projects to get behind yeah and uh being attached to those and helping support those has got to be a uh an exciting thing if you're if you're that 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 person who can do that right that company that can yeah do that. and so. that was one of our um that was one of our reasons because originally prior to me coming on the plan was to f- lead with the capacity building um but again some people get confused by that yeah. and i mean we have had some funders be really interested because again they know the importance of mm-hmm. investing in the longevity of an organization so we have gained some support um and are really appreciative of that but we know that as a greater whole and even just as a community outlook again some people that aren't involved in nonprofits might not know what capacity building is but they know what really cool public art yeah. is <laughs> so by starting off with that again we kind of got the excitement out the door and now we're working on some of those things that can lead Excellent. to the excitement and build Excellent. that it is exciting that's that's yeah. for sure um so just to kind of double back again applications are available on your website yes um they're not 
tremendously complicated? Yeah, they're not tremendously complicated. Um, it's really, it's a handful of questions, but most of them are easily answered and a couple are a little bit of open response, but nothing too great. It's not, it's not, not anything close to writing a grant. <laughs> so, so if you're a nonprofit in this Spain, there's no reason not to do it. No, not at all. I'll take you 20 minutes tops. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oriana, thank you again for coming in and uh, I look forward to talking to you again about uh, the next, uh, the next uh, step. Thank for the, you. Uh, for the Creative Commonwealth. We're excited. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.